0: We take a single episode of a science fiction TV series and overanalyze it to within an inch of its life. This is the Fusion Patrol Podcast. Welcome to the discussion. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Fusion Patrol. I'm Eugene. And I'm Simon. And tonight we're looking at the Kolchak the Night Stalker episode Horror in the Heights. Kolchak is on the trail of a series of gruesome deaths in Roosevelt Heights, a rundown part of Chicago inhabited predominantly by old folks. The deaths are being attributed to natural causes, with the bodies being devoured by rats that infest the area. At first... Kolchak senses a story about the plight of the elderly, but as it becomes increasingly apparent the deaths are not natural, suspicion falls on an elderly Hindu man who has chosen to set up an Indian restaurant in the largely Jewish neighborhood and begun painting swastikas all over the neighborhood, a move which does not sit well with the local inhabitants. Unbeknownst to Kolchak, the victims have been eaten by an ape-like creature that appears to the victim as someone they know. While Kolchak jumps a fence and is investigating the property of the Hindu, Kolchak's local contact, Mr. Starman, sees Kolchak coming from the other direction. He calls out to him before being devoured. Moments later, the elderly Hindu attempts to shoot Kolchak with a crossbow. Then the police take Kolchak in for questioning. Returning to a hidden room behind the restaurant, Kolchak finds a Hindu shrine and once again meets the old man. But he is too infirm to shoot Kolchak. Kolchak escapes and consults an expert on Indian art and learns of the Rakshasa, an evil creature that bewitches the mind and then devours its victims and must be killed with a crossbow and blessed arrows. Kolchak also learns that the swastika is actually an ancient Hindu symbol to ward off evil spirits. Returning once again to the shrine, he finds the old man collapsed. He is ill and very old. He explains that he has been hunting Rakshasa for 60 years, but his time is ending. He tells Kolchak to leave quickly and to take the crossbow, and most importantly, trust no one that he sees, especially someone that he trusts. Kolchak leaves, but he tells the old man he has nothing to worry about, for there is no one that he trusts. Outside in the alley, there is someone there. Kolchak draws the bull until he sees that it's Miss Emily who has followed him as part of her research for writing a book. Kolchak warns her off, but she continues to approach. He repeatedly warns her off, but she will not stop advancing. He shoots her. Luckily, she was the Rakshasa, and it dies. Okay, so, uh, Horror in the Heights, what'd you think?
1: Well, I think... That it's it's a fairly standard Kolchak episode in the sense of the format is pretty carefully followed, but it is just really, really, really well done. We've got good guest stars. We've got uh, excellent dialogue and interplay. We've got a nice score going on. Um, the plot's nothing special, but um, but everything else lifts it.
0: Yeah, find creature, creature kills people drag it down, dispatch it. Yes. I mean, that's... <laughs>
1: creature, creature has to be, you know, some kind of uh, flesh-eating monster with some mythical origin, and Kolchak has to stick some kind of stake or substitute into it um, that has been specially prepared or blessed. And, you know, all, all those bases were covered. hmm hmm But, you know, it has Phil Silvers in it. Wow. <laughs>
0: I, I um, for our listeners, uh, you you had mentioned that to me, uh, I'm guessing as you were watching the episode I, that, for the first time, and you're like, it's Bill yeah.
1: Silvers! But as soon as, the, because he's in the first scene, I
0: I couldn't contain myself, I had to send you a message. And and I've I have i don't find it funny exactly, but it it is kind of one of these things where, as we have gone through these episodes, and I pull out and say, oh, and then this one had so-and-so in it, or, you know, this one had Margaret Hamilton in it, or this one had Wally Cox. These are names of people who were famous-ish. Famous or famous-ish at the time that Kolchak was made. And it's a very strange thing about Kolchak that they have these people who pop up in them that are relatively relatively named individuals in the world for what appear to be very minor parts. Now, Phil Silver's got a bit of a bigger part yeah. than most, but – Well, still, he was killed – He was you killed know. less than halfway through the show, I think. Yeah. And, um, you know, it makes sense. I would have grown up in that era. I will have seen these people guest starring or starring or things. And oddly enough, Sergeant Bilko is not a show I ever actually watched. I know Phil Silver's from all sorts of other things, and I know famously that he's Sergeant Bilko, but it's just one of those ones that I'm guessing that Sergeant Bilko is a show that got transported over to Great Britain. Well, I I think it's more than that. I
1: think what you have to bear in mind is that all of the guest stars who you may have been watching because they were famous at the time are not people I'm going to know because I was not born at the time, and therefore... Any anyone who I'm going to recognise not only has to have crossed the pond, but they also have to have stood the test of time in some way. So it's more down to the fact, I think, that they were repeating Phil Silver's show going into the 80s than um, necessarily because it was something that was, you, you know, that made it across, mm-hmm. you know... Well, a, obviously... It's co- ...contemporary the to the show, or obviously earlier. I mean, the Phil Silver's show is... is, is considerably earlier than than
0: this. Um, right, it's actually, I think. it's actually old enough to be too old for me. Yeah. So I would have only seen, you know, some of these shows that I would know these guest stars from, I will only have seen in reruns as well. Mm-hmm. And and for whatever reason, Sergeant Bilko just did not really play in, in my area. It's, you know, part of the television... Mm-hmm zeitgeist so I know about it but I equally know about my mother the car and have never seen an episode of this show and and don't want to Uh, (laughs) well I don't know about that (laughs) I I hear it's uh, (laughs) it's that's a whole other podcast but uh, yeah so I was in a way I was surprised and actually in a way I was was delighted because finally (laughs) (laughs) finally we hit a note and uh, you know, it, again, it's a trivial Phil, thing. Phil but Silvers
1: it's... was in um, Phil Silvers was in. Oh, when I uh, I had a phase of of enjoying the Carry On films, he was in oh, the one with Frankie Howard, I think. Was he really? Um, and and he was on in a, a funny thing happened on the way to the forum, which had everyone in it, including the Third Doctor. I'm mm. not sure huh. if they shared any scenes though. Huh. Probably not.
0: Yeah, well, it, you know, it's uh, I, I just another guest actor that they that they managed to rope in for this show which in a way seems to have a little more pull than perhaps would be expected for it. You know, sometimes, well, I
1: I wonder if I mean I get I guess I've been a little uh harsh on I don't know if I've been harsh. I've been critical. <laughs> in many ways I still think it's deserved but certainly on the earlier episodes in the run where it seemed um fairly shall we say it was heavily formulaic mm-hmm. and I'm still thinking it's formulaic but it also lacked the uh the wit and humor that seems to have uh, burgeoned in in the more recent episodes and so judging it on those criteria alone you kind of think well you know what What's the pull for this, for this rather mm, clunky and cliched show? But obviously it's based on this hugely successful TV movie which pulled in the ratings. So, in a way, it might not matter to a potential guest star or their agent how good the show actually is. It's more the fact that it's uh, going to be
0: seen by a lot of people. It could be. It could be that. Um, you know, I'm used to a lot of shows when they start out, they get the, the jobbing actors that you see in the, just the kind of run of the mill. And as they move on, then suddenly it becomes a thing. You know, I want to be in Doctor Who because my grandkids watch it, or, you know, whatever it happens, whatever the motivation happens to be as the show gets to be popular. Night Stalker really never got that. It never got the popular, at least the series, and um, at least during its run. So, I, I'm I'm wondering if there's, you know, but it's kind of upside down in the sense that the the TV movie was a real
1: ratings right. winner. Was. So you know, it, bam, it was there already. So presumably, at the time, people knew about it because it it had it had kind of burst onto people's screens in another form Mm. and it didn't have to in that sense quite um earn its reputation in the way that a lot of other shows do have to and have those kind of slow first seasons and you don't necessarily have people beating down their door in the way that you describe you know now if if a high profile actor is is offered a part on doctor who we wouldn't be remotely surprised that they they take it, especially if they've got kids, you know, right. who are never going to forgive them for for turning something like that down. Um, but for yeah, I mean, you can't imagine that that being true in the kind of nineteen sixty three season of Doctor Who, for example, and a lot of other shows. It's the same story. Right. Well,
0: I I don't. Um, I've given a lot of. De- bait to whether or not I should say the next sentence, but I think it does, it does bear for the listeners. I don't think that it constitutes as a horrific spoiler, but it's not a spoiler. It's not telling you about what's coming. Typically speaking, this one tops the popularity charts on Kolchak. I think people think everything gelled in this episode. As you say, the character, the dialogue, the yeah, it's the formulaic, but the, dynamics, the dynamic, the dynamic, the, the, the
1: relationships between, particularly the main cast, has never been better than this. Right, it's been
0: close, but this is really good. You know, so and the and the story, even though it's formulaic, doesn't really let you down. I mean, no, it doesn't. We, we, it doesn't. We've brought in this. Rakshasa which is new and unique in its own way. Um Hmm. and it's it's gotta it's got a hook that that tells us something about our character, which is different from all the other really. I mean, here is the opportunity for Kolchak to get put to a test. Not just the test of courage, not just the test of of can he figure out how to kill the creature, but but by being presented with Miss Emily at the end. We learn something about Carl Kolchak. There's a – he'll probably learn something about himself in that moment, too. And so it's, you know, it's easily dispatched. In fact, it's comically dispatched when it just sort of tips over and falls, falls off to the side. But, but um, you know, he, he has to overcome something different in this than he has in any previous episode. He has to shoot a friend. Yes, <laughs> like, and uh, so and and that in itself is a development moment. I, I, you know, it's signaled in the episode. There's no one I trust, mm-hmm. and I think he believes that. Yeah, and I think we're supposed to expect it to be Tony Vincenzo.
1: I kind of did expect it to be Tony Vincenzo because the the Vincen. I mean, again, you know, it's coming back to the way they really, really write the the interplay. So effectively in this one, but the Vincenzo kolchak uh, dynamic is just spot on because you have you do the, the, there 's a bit of the kind of uh, antagonistic shouting at each other but in that in that first scene where um, Kolchak brings him the story there's there's a bit of there's a bit of sarcasm there 's a bit of sniping, but basically Vincenzo. Likes the story that Kolchak has brought him so you can kind of see why he employs him as a reporter and sort of gives him a few. Well, I was going to say constructive steers, but I guess he's just uh, trying to keep certain people off his back. Um, and and yeah, I, I so you, you get that. Then later on in the episode, there's the scene where it looks like Kolchak's going to get worked over by these mm-hmm. rather unsavory uh policeman and vincenzo vincenzo comes in and lets them have it on kolchak's behalf
0: yeah he has his back mm-hmm. and and yeah, this is not does. just i'm bailing you out oh here we go again this is you know i'm i'm protecting my own here or my friend i've you look at it it is and the cops are very not much in this story no, there is, that that's one thing that's missing. It's the usual kind of
1: um, police captain shouty shouty character. In, in a way, I think it's mu- it's much more interesting the way this is done. We get we do get various cops in it. Um, so you know, we have the we have the patrol guy who turns up in a car and has the scene. And Kolchak asks him a few questions, and he says, "Well, you know, I'm not a I'm not a TV quiz show host." Yeah but it's it's that it's that it's that kind of relationship where there isn't there's a much more workaday sense about it if you like it's not as if they have because the when they when they go at each other at the throat it feels like there's a huge amount of passion in the relationship for reasons that aren't particularly obvious why would a a cop particularly have any strong feelings about Kolchak or vice versa. You know, to Kolchak, a cop should be the source of a story. I I know he sometimes doesn't always find the best way of getting that story out of them. I sometimes think he could do better with a bit, a bit more charm. Um, but at the same time, you know, the policeman is, Kolchak's a nuisance, but if yep. the best way to get rid of the nuisance is to, to
0: throw him a few facts, he'll do that.
1: That, I've always you know, that's
0: the reality. I've always wondered if part of what we're missing in the Kolchak is actually a journalist. Kolchak is actually a crusading journalist. Um, is that he causes problems for the police in in the stuff well, yeah. that he writes about? And yeah. you know, the police are. You know there are there are systemic problems. There have always been systemic problems in the police department, whether it's here or anywhere else. Uh, you know, right now it's manifesting itself in them shooting black people all the time. But it has it it is partially it is partially because they are such a close knit group of people. I, I I work indirectly with some police or retired police, and you can really you can really tell. They're a family. They are very um, I, I think they have to be. I think they feel like they're of under course. siege, and so and I, I can I, understand I fully... why the cops wouldn't necessarily like somebody that that shines the light on things that they don't want seen. That, I, I I fully understand that. I I, I can
1: see why uh, a lot of police officers think they can't question certain things because the. Uh, The overriding concern is that they have each other's back. And in some situations, I'm sure that's very important. But if if Kolchak is investigating things that involve the police, he still needs his sources. That's the bottom line. He's still got to find those who will speak out or whatever. And, uh, you know, what I like about this one is that is that, yeah, it's it's kind of there are there are police officers who, who they don't like him they their initial responses tell him to piss off but they don't hate him so much that they will withhold any information from him if the easiest thing to get rid of him is tell him this or that then they will do that
0: yeah so well, let's let's talk a little bit about the our recurring cop in this who's the beat cop that we see at the beginning um he's pretty unsympathetic i mean mm-hmm. not just unsympathetic to the the old stiff um a guy um you know he's he's very dismissive of frankly the tragedy that has occurred there, and I realize you would get inured to these sorts yeah. of things, but at the same time, you know they're intentionally doing that in this episode to make Kolchak look good um because <laughs> he looks f- he is far more sympathetic in this story than I think he is in any any previous story.
1: Yeah, he, I think I think you might. Yeah, I think you might have picked up the reason there.
0: Um, you
1: I, know. I didn't. I didn't think of that straight away because I didn't think that the the cop was so unsympathetic that you thought, "God, the man's a real bastard." Kind of thing.
0: Not quite. He's indifferent.
1: Yeah, and and it and it is that it is that thing of um, becoming desensitised, I guess, or or survival techniques that you've seen enough horrible stuff that you have to kind Mm -hmm. of but I guess you're right it does make Kolchak look more sympathetic Uh, and I did Yeah. when you when you talk about Kolchak being a a crusading reporter I while I've picked that up in the past it always felt to me like the reason he wanted a story was because he thought it was a great story that would win him his Pulitzer or whatever Mm -hmm. whereas in this one he, his ego is almost completely put aside when he's pleading with Vincenzo to put what he's... Vin, Vincenzo has become very disillusioned with the, what he's writing because it's gone off on his usual kind of mm-hmm. wacky stuff. And he thinks it, it'll, it won't be taken seriously. And Kolchak says, just put it on the wire anyway, because even if someone sees it and thinks it's a joke, it'll just... Make them aware of these Rakshasas out there. And that might make a difference. That might save a life. And suddenly, Kolchak is concerned about, you know, saving one life.
0: life. Yeah. Well, Whereas previously, uh, not really seen that. No, and he it, it, there's several points here. He gives uh, Starman money for nothing. Yeah he that's not really a tip off for ooh, some great information he had a little conversation. he gave that old guy money, and then he turns around to Tony and he's like, "Just sign the bill. Just, just come yeah. on, he doesn't have much Give it to him. He's being nice he he's pitching at the beginning of this an article to help these old folks not to not to to track down a crazy killer or something. He's genuinely trying to make a this known he's he's showing. He's showing A, that he, that he cares about people, whether he likes it or not, or that their plight, and that he's, you know, not, not in it for the Pulitz. Although I'm sure that, you know, a great series of articles on the plight of the elderly in Roosevelt Heights, <laughs> you know, it might, it, you know, it could lead to something. I mean, those are the kinds of things that sometimes lead to better things. You
1: know, I think, I good, think right? that the start of the story there's some line about him not having any story to work on so you, yeah he did say that he's, he's kind of he's kind of an he, old
0: dead stick he's admitting he's greatly yeah
1: but but i think you're right because it, you know in the in the previous episode i was i was a bit critical of him making some joke at the expense of uh, miss emily's age
0: mm-hmm.
1: whereas in this one you got vincenzo who keeps saying you know old people dismissing what they say you know they're all senile kind of thing and it's kolchak who calls him out on it how and old are you
0: tony yeah that's right t-
1: yeah teams teams up with miss emily when when she's you know you 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 may be my employer she says but you're walking on eggs when you talk that way buster mm-hmm. and and so that you know that makes kolchak look quite good you know she he Miss Emily starts talking about writing a novel and, and he's full of, he doesn't, he doesn't laugh at that. He doesn't make a crack about
0: it. He's full of encouragement. Yeah. Yeah. He's, it, it, it is, it is our best portrayal of Kolchak. And again, I think I've mentioned this before. And I think one of the things that I like about doing the podcast with you is as we're going through these episodes, which you are a blank of a complete blank on is that i have seen this episode and i've seen other episodes and so i have this picture of kolchak in my mind that i have built up over all these years assembled from here and there and and then you go back to the original movie and you start at the beginning that framework is there that character Mm -hmm. is fully formed in my mind in fact, that character was fully formed in my mind before I ever saw the original movie because I didn't see it till after I had watched the series. And mm-hmm. in listening to you, your criticisms are spot on. <laughs> they, they, are, they are spot on about uh, the nature of his character, about the nature of his motivations, or what they appear to be if you're coming at it that way. And, um, you know, basically, like I said, you're not wrong. And at the same time, in a way, I kind of know you are, but... But you aren't. <laughs> right. Well,
1: it's diff- it's it's just like if if uh, you know if someone says something outrageous, and and there's there's two of us sitting there listening to what they're saying, or well, one of us knows the person really well and knows what they really think, or whether they're joking or whatever, and the other person's never met them and takes everything they say at face value. Exactly. And so, if you watch the movie, you're coming with this this whole kind of knowledge of 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 Kolchak's character that's been built up maybe kind of some of it uh retrospectively but mm-hmm. uh you know nev- nevertheless the the character as it has matured and you have understood it is the way that you view Kolchak in uh in those early episodes mm-hmm. all I've got to go on is what he says and does and if he seems like a kind of Unpleasant person. I haven't
0: got anything else to right. to go on. You know, like I said, my my dad couldn't stand him. Wouldn't watch the show. And, and you know, maybe he just watched one episode and goes, "Yep, don't like that guy." Him, then I'm gone. And I was in, drawn into the show not because of Kolchak, but because of, oh look, there's a werewolf. <laughs> <kind of thing. laughs> you know, which you know, at, at my age, that was the appeal to the show, not not the interaction with the characters, not the, you know, the motivations of Carl Kolchak or his hat or whatever, but the fact that, ooh, now there's a zombie and <laughs> it's like, like kid stuff. So, um, yeah, yeah. I, I will say one thing, one other thing, uh, the Kolchak basically berates the cop at the beginning too about his attitude mm-hmm. towards the old folks. So, I mean, there's just another point in that you're indifferent, and I, and Kolchak sees it, you know, for what it is, and, and, and kind of half calls him on it. So, speaking of that cop, now, admittedly, 70s generic guys are about the same, but we see that cop twice. No, we see him three times in this episode, and he's pretty indifferent. And then apparently he survived. Mm-hmm. He was one of the two cops that was attacked by the Rakshasa there closer to yeah. the end and it looked all the world like he was dead i mean he, he's he spent his guns well, on the creature he's backed up against the wall he's in terror and then fade to black we assume he's dead but we later hear it's that TV he language got away for
1: dead isn't it yeah. yeah
0: and then later there's a line that says well oh, the scuttlebutt has it that the cop that got away saw his partner whereas the dead one Saw his mother And the only way that information could ever have come out of that scene Was For one of them to have escaped Yeah I mm, I I've, I think they should have killed him No I I, I you, <laughs> yeah, know, dramatically speaking, fellow, aren't you Dramatically speaking Even if one of them escaped It should have been that cop that got killed Because he's the one that's been consistently Kind of unpleasant To the old folks and we bring on a different cop, and we know nothing about him other than he sees his mom and he dies. I, I See what I mean? I, I mean, if I mm-hmm. were going to pick one of the two of them that had to go, I would have thought we would have taken the guy that we saw. Unless the idea is that in some way that helps redeem that character, which, of course, we never see again. So, therefore, they weren't. They weren't going for that, but, you know, feel sorry about what you've done, said or done about these people because now you realize what happened. I don't know, but I just thought it was odd.
1: Like I say, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't feel so much that he was uh, in need of redemption so much as someone doing a difficult job. And yeah, maybe he could have done, he certainly could have done it better, but, um, I, I, I didn't immediately think I wished him dead.
0: Well, I didn't... I'm not going to say I'm wishing him dead. It's just like, <laughs> I know what you, you know, mean. In the, in I know the, what you mean. Yeah, it's like I didn't wish Phil Silver's dead, but at the same time, it was... No. It was kind of...
1: I thought that was yeah, a waste.
0: No, yeah. You actually feel sad for that one. Yes. I, I, actually, I'm going to go... I'm going to take a step back here. I also felt sad for the old couple, who are a complete walk-on. Oh, Yeah. And they did they did The Goldsteins. Such a, yeah, they did such a good job of making those a real old couple who have been they, together forever and they love each other and And they're and they're talking about sex
1: and turning the lights out.
0: There's that, but there's also, you know, the old the old guy is stubborn and he wants to go through it and she's not doing it and he's trying yeah. to bolster her up and then she my goes with it because she loves it. The
1: whole And then yeah, he wants f- to protect her when he realizes he's made a mistake.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it it they it's are a
1: lovely scene.
0: Real people, and you know, sorry, you're dead. Um. <laughs> <laughs> which we know. Which we know. I mean, that's the strange
1: thing because you have Kolchak's voiceover yep. saying, "You know, maybe he should have done something different." It's Kolchak expressing remorse, actually, another new thing. But maybe he should have done something different, and they would still have been alive. You know, they're going to be dead, and then and then you have this scene, which is you know. So full of their, their kind of their their shared past, you know. They they they're looking back. They're talking about the the intimacy between them and their and and they're demonstrating it in everything they do. And all that while, you know, that they're about to get basically, you know, eaten massacred away. by some um, whatever it is. Raxaca, and Raxaca, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's it's kind of tragic.
0: Yeah, so I was, I was, um, yeah, you know, I don't want to say moved. I wasn't moved to tears or anything, but you're watching it and you go, it's a shame that they're killing these people off. This is is achieving something that you really want to strive for as a writer. Even in these minor characters, it's like, I feel for them. It's a shame that they died. They're not just some uh, stray guy. Buck Feynman didn't have enough of a personality. No. Uh, at the beginning, that when they killed him off, you you had anything going for him. Um, not saying that I wished him ill or I wanted to see him dead, like the cop, but but you know you you know some people have to be the victims in a show like this, and Buck Feynman is clearly the victim. <laughs> the old couple is the said, and when the cops go, and again the the scene is weird because what it does is it shows us it shows us the audience that they're seeing two different people whereas the Goldsteins saw the same person yes it seems like it is an important plot point but it really isn't they both could have seen the cop right They I mean, mm-hmm. not, both both beat officers knew the guy and probably liked him so he could have been I, I, I don't know what that was getting at for us other than just this is a little weird because they've, they've given the game away right when buck Feynman gets killed when we see the rabbi coming at him first off that's a creepy scene yeah you know they're down there in the meat packing plant there's all the bones and the, the scraps and stuff and and the rabbi comes out from behind a bin of bending over a bin of old meat bones and that's just a creepy thing to have this guy do. I mean, it doesn't matter if you've known him for your entire life. If you see somebody stand up from behind the meat scraps, you can't help think, what was he, what was he doing back there? <laughs> <laughs> right? It, 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 it would, it would put you off for a moment. And then you see, oh, it's, you know, it's the rabbi. It's my old friend. Oh, by the way, uh, we're not gambling. Don't, and I wish they had killed him without revealing the back of the monster in that scene. Because at the very first killing, we know that this is not the rabbi. And I think yeah. we knew that anyway. But by showing us the big hairy back, you know, I think I think it would have been better if it had, they'd saved that for the second death. Maybe. But... Mm-hmm. You know, we all know it's a supernatural creature because we're watching Kolchak the Night Stalker. But I, I, and I do, but I do like the way they did it because, let's face it, the creature's face was not the most convincing costume. But no, beh- no, but from behind it was fine. You know, just sort yeah. of a big hairy I, Hulk. Yeah, I and I
1: wasn't quite sure what they were doing with the whole rat thing, trying to suggest it was a rat.
0: I, yeah, I, not, not, I mean, in a great I, as soon rat as they area, showed rats, so.
1: I thought, you know, it's, it's, a, it's another giant rat situation, but, um, but I do not think it was. And certainly, hmm. you know, the myth it's based on has no connection with rats.
0: No, no, none, none whatsoever. far. as I think, I think it's just part of the, no, take a step back. I have this feeling that the writer was, had a couple of axes to grind. Um, you know, about, about old age in particular, because not only do we have the old folks living in this place, and and rats is a nasty city problem for people who can't get rid of them, mm-hmm. you know, so, and also a meatpacking plant, of course, it would have rats in it. I mean, ugh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and, and Chicago used, I don't know if they still are, but they used to be famous for their meatpacking plants because of their position. They were along the... yeah. Uh, the 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 routes that the the meat would be brought in from the range out in the west and then shipped off to the further east and of course the lakes and so uh, that that's I think that's mostly gone in Chicago now I, I understand that there was a either a Republican or Democratic convention there in the nineteen sixties or early seventies and apparently the stench was just horrific coming in off the meatpacking uh plants it was it was noteworthy at the time and that was kind of may have been the beginning of the end for that so that would still be in that would still be in kind of the popular consciousness uh at the time this episode uh came out people would remember remember how bad chicago was about that um remember where i was going with that thought but um Oh, well, the, the, we the were rats. talking yeah, about I think, yeah. I just whether think it was...
1: whether, the, whether there's anything to the rats in this episode, but I
0: right. I don't mind a red herring. That's, I got dr- okay. I got drifted off. That's right. I got drifted off. I was thinking about. I wanted to mention the old guy, the the Hindu, because not only do we have all these people live there are old, but this guy who has come to the country to track down this has been doing this for sixty years. He also is old, and that's. Not necessary. He could have been a 30-year-old Rakshasa hunter. Mm -hmm. But they make a point out of it. He comes in. He's got that line about, I never thought I'd be old. I never thought that I'd be weak and infirm and and my courage going. And I don't know how old the guy was who wrote this story, but I kind of feel like he gets it. (laughs) (laughs) It is a... You know, as I push into my fifties here, and I think you just had a birthday the other day, didn't you? Oh, I'm not going to say your age. We don't so. mention that. We will not mention your age, but you're not nearly as old as I am. Uh, I, you know, I kind of, you kind of get it. <laughs> you you kind of feel it. You kind of, and I'm looking at the folks and and all of the comments about why do they still live there because they don't have any money to go anywhere based on fixed income and uh, and whatnot. And I can see that. You know, I, I, that, that's, that's at the end of the train tunnel now uh, in life. And, you know, I was thinking the other day, there's, irregardless of this episode, I was thinking the other day when I was getting ready for work, it's like, I can see a day in the future when I'm going to have to sit down to put my pants on. (laughs) I don't normally do that. I'm normally going to stand up and put your pants on, but, but. Then I'm like, yeah, you know, the balance isn't as good. I'm not as not as uh, strong as I once was. Like, and I can see, I can see why people sit down and put their pants on, but it's just something I've never done uh, by and large throughout my life. And that was exactly the thought that came to my mind when the old guy says, "I never thought I'd get old. I'd never, you know, be infirm." And this I was like, yeah, yeah, it's kind of, um, it's kind of on point. <laughs> so, yeah. But I think that adds to the story uh, overall because there is a there is a tragedy yeah. of these people, yeah, that are there. So
1: Though, according to uh, according to IMDb, this was written by Jimmy Sangster, yeah. and he was in his late forties
0: when he wrote it. Oh well, there you go. <laughs> it's like that's so about maybe where it he starts. just started
1: thinking about sitting down to put his pants on. Yep,
0: yeah, or his or his parents. You know, you could be watching that too. That that's the other one. That, that begins to make you notice it is when your parents mm-hmm. start having those, those situations. But, yeah. Um, let's uh, talk briefly about Miss Emily, who is, one, helping out with the advice column. And I think this is, <clears throat> this is the other reason that I always thought Miss Emily was the advice columnist in this, at the paper and not the person who does the games, because I remember this, and I remember the fact that the same actress was the woman who was the neighbor of the Ripper and had written into Kolchak. And so when he was doing the, the mm-hmm. agony aunt column, and then he went to see her, the woman that was like, is he looking through me with his x-ray eyes? That woman? That was the same actress in a different role. Huh. So I between the two of those, between this and that my mind has always been that Miss Emily is the agony aunt and not the games player. But here she's just helping out doing the, the column. And um, I thought it was funny. She asked Carl for his help. And I look at this. Well, I was hoping you would, you would answer this. Oh, tell him to get some hormones. Oh, okay. I, I feel like that was him being, you know, like he was in the Ripper where they gave him the assignment of doing that stuff and he was giving terrible advice Yeah, just because he's kind of cynical and hard boiled kind of guy uh, but it seems to have worked out for Emily in the end because that was the yeah. that was the old guy at the end taking Who, her out written in, yeah. for an appointment quote unquote an appointment Oh, so, uh, um, and what about her writing a crime novel I, I like that isn't it kind of funny that it uh, more so it should be to you than to me but that I took the A I took the job here for the experience but B because they have typewriters and the paper is free.
1: Well, she didn't say she took it for the experience. She she said she took it as a stepping stone.
0: As a stepping stone, yeah.
1: And I and I thought I immediately thought, well, you know, that's a bit odd how how is it a stepping stone? Why not just go straight to writing novel? And then she explained that uh, she wanted to use the, the the office equipment for it. And I I, I thought that, I liked that; it
0: made sense. It, it does make sense. It just doesn't make sense in 2017 when no. yeah, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> it's like really typewriter? There's a keyboard on everything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Paper. Who writes a novel on paper? <laughs> so yeah, that was it. I, I don't know that I have. Um, I don't know that I have anything else. I mean, I I will say that I've been looking forward to this one because I, I remember it very fondly. I like the creature in it. Um, although this story does raise a question that we have not had <clears throat> too often in others in other in other episodes what happened after kolchak shot the thing and it fell over at first i thought he was reaching into his pocket to get his camera but instead he's just shifting the arrows around yeah does he take pictures of it do the police take that body away is the whole thing hushed up is there i don't i don't know a I mean, I story think- about rakshasas
1: what happened there one of the things that was a bit non standard was when we get Kolchak's opening narration, we don't see him sitting on a key side or mm-hmm. covered in stuff or whatever it is that is the aftermath of the showdown, which is usually, you know, there's some kind of conflagration or whatever, or the in some in some way that disposes of the the body and the scene and everything. So we don't kind of get all that. So who knows?
0: Yeah, all we get is the, is the coda there about, I can't tell Emily
1: what which, I did. Yeah. Which is but nicely
0: done. It is, but I kind of, I, I think kind of if you'd done anything, I would have done that.
1: <laughs> if you'd done anything, if you'd, if you'd added all of that, it would have, because you obviously, um, you have, I think, in this scene because it's it's a scene between Kolchak and Miss Emily, apparently Miss Emily, and it's therefore a lot more a lot more tense and high stakes than any of the other confrontations, and so you can't really top that, you know, you, or or you can't have a load of business with police and coroners and all that kind of thing. You you've, yeah, I see what you mean you you pretty you pretty got much got to make that the climax of the episode and then you can have the epilogue with the i guess he could have inserted a couple of lines in his uh closing narration but um i don't know i didn't think it mattered do you know actually the thing that bothered me slightly more about that that final scene was that um the miss emily rakshasa mm. did something that none of the other rakshasa illusions did yeah and and because we didn't get that before, I thought, hang on, it is Miss Emily, because she's speaking.
0: That could be misdirection on the writer and the... Uh, uh, you know, Kolchak he didn't. didn't see that. Uh, he, he no, never, he didn't. He didn't know whether no. any of them spoke or not. So this is just... But it
1: is misdirection to, to the audience, which yeah. is a bit cheeky.
0: Um,
1: I wondered if it was necessary. But, we also um, never
0: see. We also never see it from behind, which in every other instance we kind of do... True. to, you know, know no, give it this away. is the creature, has some tension. And, and furthermore, they set it up well enough. This is the very first time that Emily has expressed, you know, her novel, her crime novel. And so she actually has a plausible argument. Yes. In cold, which, of course, he's made up out of his mind uh, to, to fit what he, what he knows about Miss Emily. But, um... Yeah, I I was never in any doubt that that was actually the creature. But at the same time, I thought they did it well. That Kolchak, and yet he still shot her. Yes,
1: and yes I, he did.
0: And I think, I think if I were were in that situation, and my wife, one of my kids was coming at me, and I had a crossbow pointed at them, and I said, stop there and don't move any further forward, I would give them credit for having enough intelligence not to keep moving forward. <laughs> now, that's the one thing that's always bugged me about this type of scenario is, it's like, who should, I, should I, it's like, who is stupid enough to keep, oh, don't be silly, I'm going to just come a little closer to you. Don't be silly, don't shoot me. It's like, no, you stop. You do not move when a lethal weapon is pointed at you, unless...
1: <laughs> unless on the other move. hand, if someone was pointing a crossbow at you, would you just stand there? Or no, would you I'd back and... away.
0: <laughs> it no, depends yeah. on the distance. Obviously, if it's you know half a half a foot, that's one thing. But at 10 feet, there's nothing you can do, other than then do what they say, and maybe back away. So... You know, I'm, I'm not, I'm not one of those crazy Americans that's carrying a gun with me. So, it's like, I'm, this is not gonna be a shootout in the Old West. That's just stupid. Someone points lethal weapon at you. You do what the person says, no matter how crazy you think they are. You don't try to talk them down. You back away if they'll let you. (laughs) you But, um, but I guess, you know, he, he said, I can't tell Miss Emily, about that last part because then I'd have to tell her I shot her. <laughs> did he write a and story that, he- that involved him shooting somebody and he just doesn't reveal who it is? Or did he just not have an ending to his story? Because it, it had to do something <laughs> with it. And... <laughs> i don't know that's that's kind of the so part it's that a I good feel like- it's a
1: good question because you don't actually know what he writes sometimes it seems like certainly in the early ones when anything that he wrote never actually got published mm-hmm. um but you but you knew that when what he was dictating into the tape recorder was what he was writing so it was his story albeit one that never got published whereas now clearly he's he's talking into the the dictaphone about not telling Miss Emily—that's not going to be part of his story, is it? Mm-mm. He's Unless not, that's he's the not book writing he makes after she's dead. Yeah. So yeah, uh, it, it's, um, it's it's where it's it's the point at which that whole narration thing has literally just become accepted as a device. We, the audience, accept it. It's it's just a device for dramatic effect. It has no in-story purpose any longer, and you know the fact that he's clicking the dictaphone on or off really is neither here nor there. He right. could, he could,
0: pretty much break the fourth wall and look at us if he needed to. Yep. Yeah, I, th- I think he's. Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, if you go back to the original, obviously the intent there was: this is the story he's dictating, which he knows will never be read, seen, or heard um and he's doing it because but it could be. he's a writer yeah yeah after he's dead maybe they'll find it and then they can't do anything about it etc so but this one is this one is more like he's dictating his notes into it but at the same time yes he's talking to us
1: yeah i can't, or I can't he, It could be his journal or whatever but it's not it's certainly not something for publication
0: ooh there's an idea for a 21st century sequel the kolchak vlogs <laughs> you know little footage of shaky creature being shot by police here and there him talking to the camera a lot i think it fits i think it works <laughs> there's, a, there's a dramatic there's a dramatic idea and much better than what we got in the 20th century or 21st century when they tried to remake it anyway uh i haven't got anything else have you i've got i got a well i've got a small question which is
1: yeah does kolchak have a brother that's a guy.
0: I do have something written down here about his brother that writes the. Uh, what was it? The He he he, he worked for the health department. Yes. The quarantine yes. notices. Yes, but that
1: was ages ago. But <laughs> you never know with Kolchak. Is he just flanneling?
0: He's I got think, no reason to. I think he's just being smart, Alec. Yeah. That was my. That's what
1: I thought. But I did wonder. You know.
0: And that was. He was not being particularly nice at that moment to that particular old guy because he had just explained who he was and then that guy had and I hate to say it but we're going to let's call it what it was he had a senior moment and he just basically <laughs> completely forgot what Kolchak had said and conflagrated it with their conversation about the health department And go wait are you, did you say you were from the health department and said, no that's my brother And and I he's just amusing himself he's just amusing himself yeah, At the old yeah. man's expense, I, I think, so. in that case. So not not Saint Kolchak in this episode, but, but better than better than we've seen him in the past, I suppose. The other
1: the other the other thing that I kind of can't really pass over without mentioning is the whole um Jews, Hindus and Nazis mm-hmm. in this. Um particularly the thing of having all of the swastikas daubed everywhere.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes. In a,
1: in a Jewish neighborhood.
0: Is that is that meant I'm not sure. I, I, I agree. It's kind of, I mean it doesn't really seem to make much difference to the Rakshasa. He he seems to be perfectly fine walking around with those things all over the place. Um so they're not particularly well, except effective. maybe
1: he can't get in. So it it's it's intended to protect his, his house. His home, so it might be effective in in that respect. Um, I think the thing that the, the the first thing that occurs to me, well, the it's not really it, it occurs. It's it's a feeling, and it and it's perhaps something that five ten years ago I'd have had a completely different reaction to this episode. Mm-hmm. But in the current climate, where you know you have you have Nazis on the streets of America. waving their swastikas around and you kind of have a story like this where they're used in this way and (laughs) there 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 is there is something very un. now i don't think it's swept under the carpet in this there's there's clearly you know the 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 reaction from the jewish people living around there is that it's clear evidence that people are out to get them yep and so it's acknowledging the kind of the fear and the undercurrents of antisemitism that exists there. Even if it's just kind of dismissed as just kids, you're still talking about a, a kind of um, undercurrent that they, a threat that they're living with. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, um, Phil Silvers will use his act, his um, character will use his age as his character um you know, he was uh, born in 1911. He would have been in his early 30s uh, at mm-hmm. World War Two. Mm-hmm. So we can take a look at all of those actors, all of those characters as old folks. Absolutely lived through that. Yes. And you know, as I think one of the problems uh, those who fail to learn from history and condemn to repeat it, right, is that there is this horror, the Nazis. And it's vanquished by the good guys. And then everyone who lived through that remembers that. And those people are dying. And now it Mm -hmm. becomes a piece of academia, a, 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 a historic anomaly. And these are where these ideas begin to start growing again. So I part of the reason, right. I, part of the reason we have Nazis combing the streets of America now in places is because they just simply don't understand how frickin' horribly nasty those creatures were, and far, far, far worse than the Rakshasa, I might add. And but in 1970, we're still in that in 1975, seventy six, wherever we are here. Um, mm-hmm. We're still in that tail end where. The symbol, symbology of the Nazis has a very powerful resonance with these people. So yes, putting those up, I, I, I almost wonder if there was a sort of, you know, I'm, I'm doing research, I'm a writer, I, I'm a, I'm the kind of person that just likes a lot of information. And I stumble across the fact that, which a lot of people did not know in the 1970s, that the Hindus symbols were the Nazi swastikas in reverse. Or vice versa, the Nazis were Hindu symbols in reverse, however you want to look at that. And there's the germ of an idea. What if you had this guy with all that swastika baggage coming into a Jewish neighborhood? And I, you know, you almost wonder if that, you know, could have been that little, the little grain of sand that, that starts forming the, the pearl and the clam or whatever that, because it does seem to play a major part here. And at the same time, doesn't really go anywhere. It's yeah, there it doesn't for color. go anywhere.
1: And it, it, well, yeah, and it's not the kind of thing I think you want to use as color. Now, I, I, I don't. I, I think it could have been a lot worse. Um, you know, mm-hmm. like I say, I think they didn't they, burn
0: the guy out. I mean, he sets up they, a restaurant. They didn't. They didn't run him out of their neighborhood. Well, no, but
1: then, I mean, clearly they're a bit. there. They are ignorant. I mean, there's ignorance on both sides, which is there is this kind of strange divide. And I guess maybe in general, it's true to say there's more um, segregation in communities in American cities than British cities. There's certainly, um, uh, yes. I'm- you know, in the, in the, in the sense that um, it's a Jewish neighborhood rather than being a kind of multicultural neighborhood it's a lot and of that the, in the
0: bigger older bigger cities yeah
1: yeah and for the europeans the swastika is is a symbol of the nazis and they don't know they don't know anything of of, of what it would mean to hindus or buddhists or anything of of, of it really being around before the 30s Indians
0: whereas we're not a big immigrant group in the united states either that well, that, that,
1: was, that was what kind of seemed to be quite strange about seeing an Indian restaurant in, uh, because obviously over here we have lots of Indian restaurants. Uh, They're all common As level. a result, yeah. well, uh, yeah, and, you know, the kind of fact that we occupied India and all of that, uh, less than glorious history, but we,
0: we do eat a lot of curry. But you brought back the food, and that's the important part of colonization, absolutely <laughs> and if
1: and if you if you go you know if you go uh across the channel or whatever to france there are not indian restaurants in the same way there are here there are first you know, indian Vien- restaurant Vien-
0: i ever ate in
1: What's vietnamese restaurant london okay so I, I was wondering you know how how common is it uh to so- to see an indian restaurant pop up there because it did it did strike me just as slightly incongruous because it's because i'm Kind of used to watching American shows and I kind of thought, hang on a minute. That so, happened before
0: now, there are many more Indian restaurants because all of our big IT companies, Intel, Motorola, you know, uh, even companies like American Express and that, that have major, uh, there's a lot of Indian immigrants now because they've all got degrees but because but, they've got but, a better education sounds, system than we do that <laughs> sounds like you're saying you're saying that the indian restaurants are are there
1: to serve an immigrant population
0: i don't i don't um, know that do that's they, exactly why but or, just do, you have a population of people who have you know the the family comes over and and maybe dad's got okay. a degree and and grandpa needs something to do he opens a restaurant we we, we absolutely see far far more of them now and of course i'm in the west and the west is predominantly uh was predominant when i grew up white with hispanics and that was it you just would never see asians of any sort or um even african-americans were almost non-existent when i grew up here so chicago however new york city those cities did have immigrant populations of various groups whether indians were one of them i can't say in the 1970s but i but i know that, that it's it's been the high tech industries that has created the boon of uh, and of indian, course, immigrants here
1: once you once you have an indian restaurant people have discovered the indian food exactly. They want more
0: they want more cuz it's lovely it is I, I even even that beef curry i mean it sounded like sounded like a great uh, great dish <laughs>
1: <laughs> they yes they weren't exactly selling and and that no. also struck me as um so i mean clearly clearly the the um elderly hindu um may have been slightly ignorant of the connotation <laughs> of the swastika to the to the to the jewish community but around but and
0: his jewish employee who should have said something well yeah possibly <laughs> boss um
1: Mm. <laughs> but but then but then I was uh, beef curry is an odd
0: it is to serve for a, uh, uh, for a Hindu Chicago beef meatpacking maybe I don't know
1: <laughs> I don't think I don't think I I mean this is where my theological ignorance is going to shine forth I don't think Hindus are Big necessarily prohibited from eating beef but um, certainly it seems a bit unlikely they do have that bit unusual thing going. uh y-
0: you hmm. know i think that could be well first off it could be just ignorance of the writer um for starters but at the same time i'm also well aware that english food for example has far more pork or um you don't then, tend
1: to get pork in Indian food either. I
0: know you don't tend to get pork in Indian food, but in other words, the the foods that are available in an area do influence the foods that you get. Yes, in restaurants. of course. There's, there's
1: always going to be some fusion. B- um, beef
0: is the big one here. Over- do you get
1: do you get uh, Baltis in your Indian restaurant? Uh, yes, we do. Because nah. apparently they they originate from Birmingham.
0: Really, you won't get them in India. Really that's that is an interesting um uh, an interesting thing. <laughs> I did not know that but there are certainly some Baltic. How are Indian restaurants very very much cater for
1: the British version of Indian food
0: that I'm sure people ours cater for like. the Americans yeah. 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 I mean so how you're, many you're people have right. tikka masala you know. That's <laughs> yeah yeah. So, <laughs> so uh,
1: so he was but of course the, of course the other the other thing i I wondered about because we've discussed this before was um you know the the ethnicity of the actors portraying now obviously the waiter wasn 't mm-hmm. supposed to be indian. actually indian um the the Hindu guy obviously was supposed to be Indian um, but didn 't look very Indian to me hmm. I looked him up interesting oh. interesting guy um who was either born in Burma or Iraq,
0: apparently. Okay, but he, to did, Jewish, he did look sort of parents. that. He did sort of look that direction. I mean, he sort of looked ethnically not white American. He didn't look like a white guy <laughs> yeah. with with blackface on, basically, <laughs> no, is what I no, did but not he's one of
1: <laughs> I guess one of those actors at the time who gets to play all of the, quote, exotic or you know, oriental still
0: Still thinking parts. back to the Wrath of Khan. And not the wrath, well, the wrath of Khan too, but looking at the original Star Trek episode Space Seed and Ricardo Montalban playing the Indian character Khan. He's hmm. like, hey, he's got swarthy skin. No one will notice. And I've yeah. seen him play any number of different ethnic groups that have slightly darker skin, and it's, it's embarrassing in a way, <laughs> looking back. I mean, it's not me. I didn't make the decision to cast him. You look back on it, and you go, eh. <laughs> eh. But also, if you look back on, you know, go back to the 70s or 60s, there were four working Chinese or Asian actors in Hollywood. I can I can probably name them, you know, Soon Peck Oh <laughs> and uh, Victor Sen Young. And oh, and Robert Ito's a little old, but you know you could you would just whenever they cast somebody, if they actually cast somebody who' was Asian, you go there he is, that's the guy we have to hire first, and if we need ten more, we're gonna have to paint them yellow and uh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> and, and and I'm pretty sure looking at old British television that they didn't have as many. Actors oh, no. of ethnicity back in the old we, days. Available, we were just as
1: culpable of of, uh, of doing the same thing. Um, I do think, you know, but Burt Kwok got to play oh, yeah. pretty much anyone
0: from Southeast Asia at all. Yeah, um, I th- think, however, that all of the or basically all of the the old folks were largely kind of old Jewish actors. Well, that's uh, certainly a lot easier to cast,
1: uh-huh. <clears throat> I guess. Yeah. Um but I i mean it's a question of, it, it say it's easy but how hard people try. But I did I, I guess I just I mean I I guess this is something we get if we're watching stuff from the sixties and seventies. Uh it was just interesting in a an episode where you have one Hindu living in this in this Jewish community and he look up this guy and and find that his name is Abraham, Sophia, um, <laughs> that he is Jewish. So,
0: yeah, yeah. Uh,
1: well, well not, I, not always things are not always as they appear.
0: I will just make one other mention. Obviously, they did. They were having a bit of a laugh with the waiter, being yes, a Jewish guy wrapped up. So, can we can we criticize their welcome, sahib? Kind of overly. Fake, cringe It would be cringe-worthy if we watched a movie and now and somebody did that in that voice and called someone sahib. And you, you if they were playing Indian, if they were playing an Indian, but this guy isn't playing an Indian. He's playing a Jewish guy playing an Indian. And and so, (laughs) does he get a pass because he's playing to the stereotype? Because that's what the customers expect, or. (laughs)
1: i i i i think i mean it depends it depends what you do with it and i'm not really sure what the point of it was but it de- i don't have a problem with that in principle if they're you know they they're arguably they're sending up the expectation that you have there and there is there is a funny thing about that you know you go into an indian restaurant here and your your weight is white mm-hmm. um it's fairly unusual Happens that's true Sometimes. and uh, and you know you think what are, people's reactions to that are a bit true odd.
0: Here. true here too you go to an Indian restaurant you generally will find people who are of an indo-pakistani um, uh, ethnicity but but th- this would be interesting to find out for for your side of the pond. If you go into an Asian restaurant here, and and I don't know about Indian restaurants, but I I do know better about the Asian restaurants. If you go into an Asian restaurant, and I mean Asian as in Japanese, Chinese kind of thing, um, definitely Asian Chinese working out front, Mexicans working in the kitchen, huh. doing all the cooking and all the the work. It's like it's very common, <laughs> very very common. To see that, and I don't know if that's just pure economics. Is that I'm running a business, I need to be out there, you know, greeting the guests, giving the color, but it's cheaper for me to pay someone who's, you know, and when I say Mexican, I mean ethnically. I don't mean necessarily an illegal immigrant kind of thing, but um, it, it's very common. And I, I, I don't know about the Indian restaurants. I think there are Indians working in the back based on just very little evidence of how often you see going on. But it's just one of those things, those walls will be broken down. Eventually white people will be working in the front of the Indian restaurants and you will walk in and go, well,
1: that's weird. (laughs) It's not, it's not never, but it, but it's, uh, it's, it's unusual enough for it to make people's reactions to it. Quite Interesting. Um, so there is there is a kind of expectation of putting on a show, and so yeah, you wonder if that's what you know. It's kind of what's being played to in this, and I guess that's that's kind of a legitimate thing to send up. But I'm not really sure what they were doing with it.
0: I think there's I think there's a fair amount of that in Kolchak, just as whole, well, not not necessarily that particular piece, but I, I think there are there are pieces where they send pieces of society or. Or the world as we see it, or people saw it at that time, that don't seem to go anywhere in the story. They're mm. just sort of there as color for something for yeah. Polchak yeah. to make us a, a crack about, or to make an observation about. So.
1: which is fine in in uh, on the one hand, if you're, you know, if if you, if you do it for the right reasons, but if you're just doing it f- for the for a bit of color at that point, but then, you know, you go and cast. Uh, A a caucasian as a as a native american indian in in the next episode or the previous episode (laughs) whichever way around you want to put it you know there's no real consistency to that there's no there's no real principle underlying it i don't think and that can make for slightly uncomfortable viewing from a you know 40 years later
0: true true um yeah just try watching the old try watching an old Charlie Chan film from the thirties and it's, it's good story or at least an enjoyable story behind it. The mystery or the, you know, the intrigue, but the stereotypes are just so painful.
1: Painful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah.
0: That, that yeah, you do have to kind of put on a pair of glasses. This says I've got to, recognize that I'm looking at history and not what the world is is or should be like. No. All right. By the way, I think you vaguely mentioned it and I'll I'll I will say there is I actually looked up the Rakshasa as I try to do on these every time and quite an extensive um history of this. It it really is a Hindu <laughs> Oh uh, yes,
1: yes. Cannibal with, creatures with, with, with the big ability, little f- yeah, to change its shape. Yes, but I think possibly not to change its shape so that it appears to two different people as two different shapes
0: at the same time. Yes, I, I but whatever. Didn't get that part, but but also with the two pointy top teeth sticking out.
1: <laughs> so did you get anything on crossbows Nothing. as a way of killing Rakshasa? No. no because i got curious about that so i stuck rakshasa and crossbow into google and got various hits um from dungeons and dragons for
0: oh yes that was a character in dungeons and dragons they 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 added rakshasa or was in there they
1: they added rakshasa and then the way to kill them was with was with uh, was with crossbows and apparently that's been you know that's been the case for 30 years or
0: so absolutely but, kolchak's influence there
1: it it does appear to be that way round, yeah prior to Kolchak there doesn't doesn't seem to be any um, anything to suggest that it would have to be a crossbow uh, and 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 blessing it by Brahma just appears to be some way of legitimizing the fact that a, a crossbow is the way to kill a Raksha so it's it's just they needed
0: an alternative to hammering another stake in yeah I did kind of wonder whether or not uh, a bow and arrow would do And could could you kill it with... Is it the arrow that that has to be done, or is it the... I uh, don't know. Is it the crossbow? And did they have crossbows back in that era? Uh, Surely it's the fact
1: it's blessed by Brahma. But then if you just... Right, so... Poked a stake that had been blessed by Brahma. I I don't know. I don't know. They're just... I I think they're looking at a way of launching a... Stick. Slightly different sliver of wood into... (laughs) Into uh, th- this
0: this monster, and they'll have to come up with a different one next week. <laughs> maybe, maybe not, because if I'm not mistaken, next week is Mr. Ring. <laughs> oh. I don't I don't think we have to put a stick through Mr. Ring. To, anyway, well, Simon, thank you for joining me. My pleasure, as always. And listeners, uh, thank you for joining us and this uh, I'm thinking possibly long episode of Fusion Patrol but but worth it worth every minute of it and I hope you'll join us all again next time on Fusion Patrol Fusion Patrol is a Lone Locust production. Like us please consider becoming our sponsor at patreon.com slash Fusion Patrol. We'd really appreciate it if you could leave us a review on iTunes Stop by and visit us at our website fusionpatrol.com Search for us on Facebook under Fusion Patrol, check out our Twitter handle at Fusion Patrol, or just send us an email at feedback at FusionPatrol.com. Please come join the conversation. Our music is Fight the Future by Amber Wolf.